Hey, can we put our hands together for those that were able to go to Jamaica this year and just share the love of Jesus there? I was watching that video in the first service and then watching it again today, and I thought, man, I kind of miss that. <laughs> I miss being over there and just being able to uh, pour love out and, and even really take care of a tangible need that they had. And you saw some of the pictures from the church that we had to take all of the siding and everything off of and then replace it with new stuff and and do all of that and there's no way that nine people should have been able to really do that in three days but uh, by the grace of God we were able to do that and be a blessing to them and then just the the VBS that uh, was able to take place and just loving on kids and people uh, it was quite the experience and I want to just let you know um, we don't know exactly where yet probably here in the next two or three months we'll know a location for next year next summer but I want to just put a bug in your ear as you watch that video maybe maybe God's been working on you and you weren't able to go this year but you say you know what I want to go next year I want to be a part of what God's doing all over the world and I want to go with our team and be wherever it is that God leads us to be and so this way if, if you uh, think about it pray about it now maybe you already know that that's it and then whenever we start talking about where we're going to be going and and funds that need to be raised and all of that stuff, then you won't even have to pray about it. Come on, somebody. You won't, you'll just already know. You, I've been praying about it for three months, and now I know where we're going, and so let's do it. Uh, but it was a really good time, yeah. And we want to say thank you to those of you that, that went, if you're in this service, and you went on that trip. And then a lot of you uh, gave, gave financially or helped with fundraisers, and a lot of you prayed while we were there and even before we were leaving. And we want to say thank you for that because it was truly a blessing to be able to help uh, our team get there and financially and all of that stuff. And so we want to say thank you for that. And then also, uh, many of you yesterday were able to serve at an event, a back-to-school community event that we hosted for the first time in our community. And it was a huge blessing. And just to kind of let you know how the day went, we don't have uh, – we, we estimate somewhere probably on the upside of 500 or so people that were there yesterday in that really two-and-a-half-hour period of time. Uh, we were able to give away 350 backpacks to kids as they head back to school. And school supplies in each backpack and then haircuts. We had three ladies that gave their time yesterday for two-and-a-half hours, and they cut hair. And let me tell you, the haircut line was long, y'all. I mean, everybody wanted a haircut. And so uh, we were able to give out free haircuts and I believe, if I remember right, they said that it was probably somewhere around 30 haircuts that they were able to do in two and a half hours, uh, which is insane. That's insane. But it was just such a huge blessing. And we want to say thank you for those that came out and served. We had to change locations at the last minute because of the weather. And, man, there was just a team of people. It was like a swarm of orange. Everybody, a lot of people had orange shirts on, and everybody was there and just grabbed something and started setting it up at the new location and just ran with it and I believe it was a blessing to our community so we want to say thank you for that and we just wanted to kind of piggyback off this weekend and do uh, something that uh, that we're calling family day and really a special message that is for family but it's not just for immediate family it is for your immediate family your spouse and your kids and uh, maybe even your parents and that type of thing but also for your church family and just some things that I believe that we'll all be able to relate to uh, in our lives, and so we want to talk about this. We've called this message today Family Strong, as you can probably see on the screen now. Four traits of extremely strong families, and these are 
not four things that we have completely figured out. So don't get the idea that we have it all together and we have it all figured out. But four things that, uh, that we try to do together and try to do with our family and try to do as a part of our church family. And we believe that uh, if, if we can do these four things we're going to talk about today, that we'll be stronger. That we'll be stronger as a church. We'll be stronger as individuals. We'll be stronger in marriages. We'll be stronger as parents and families. And so uh, we hope it's a blessing to you today. And as we jump in, I'm going to let my wife uh, take the first point and the first question. What we've done is we've kind of formed these points in, in, in question form. So four questions really to ask yourself, uh, maybe to ask uh, in your marriage, ask in your family, ask in your, uh, as, as it regards to you with your church family. And these four things are simple, but how many of you know often we struggle to even do the simple? Yeah. Uh, sometimes we can hear something, we think, wow, that was a good message, whoa, I need to do that, and then we struggle to walk out a lot of times even some of the simple things in our lives. And so you may think that some of these are simple but we believe they're necessary and that they're going to help you. And so I'm going to let you take question number one. All right. Can you hear me? Maybe. We couldn't figure it out the first service. I think we got it this service. Thankful for technology people because I am not one of them. So um, the first question, um, and before I jump in, I want to just pause to pray. So God, we just thank you and we praise you, Father, for who you are. God, I pray that even through these simple questions, Lord, that we will take what you desire for us and, and go home and apply it. Lord, because as, as Gabriel even mentioned, Father, we believe, Lord, even in the simplest of things, Lord, that they make the biggest difference, not only in our homes, not only in our church, but in our community. Father, and I just pray that you just show us, Lord, and just give us the, um, the wisdom to, to just to do what we need to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the first question today to ask yourself is, are you praying? Are you praying? Philippians 4, 6 through 7, the NIV version says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The thing that I noticed this time in reading that scripture was, I mean, a lot of times I would focus in the past while reading it is do not be anxious about anything, uh, just struggling with worry. But the thing that stood out to me this time was the fact that throughout this scripture, it's saying in three different ways to pray. He tells us first to pray, then he says to petition, and then he says to present your request. It's, that's prayer. That's all prayer is. That is That sums up prayer in three different ways. And I believe that there's a reason, we believe there's a reason why he stresses that so much. Because prayer changes things. Our conversation with God, our, our, um, our whatever determination to continue to declare and believe for, for healing or for miracles or, or whatever, that changes things that if we just bring it to God, it's always better in his hands. An unknown author said, those who live, leave everything in God's hands will eventually see God's hands in everything. You know, and I'm reminded of something that uh, a pastor said this last week as I was listening. He said, before you know what you need, he has what you need. Before you know what you need, he has what you need. And I think that a lot of times we forget that. That I know even for myself, just thinking, just like um, we were reminded as we were discussing it about the game Hot Potato. 
this is a newer version of hot potato because if you're like me, when I played it as a kid, we'd play with a ball or just maybe, honestly, we'd wad up a piece of paper and play hot potato. I will not push this button because it is obnoxious. It sings a song, makes some squilling noise, and if it ends in your hand, you get the, ah, you're out, you know. But the whole point is, is uh, I think a lot of times as, as Christians, we're quick to hold it in our hands, whatever it is. But when we choose to pray about it, we're tossing it back in his. We're tossing it back in his. And so that's my challenge for you today is to toss it back in his hands because uh, we can never lose the game, lose the game of life, whatever, game of hot potato, if we choose to toss it back in his hands. It's always better in his hands. Mark Batterson said it this way, prayer is the way we take our hands off and put it in the hands of God. I believe that if you will pray through, you will eventually see the breakthrough. And maybe some of you today, you're like, you know what? You don't know how many years I've been praying. I can understand that. We have prayed and prayed for some things in our life for years and years. But I do know that we serve a faithful God who is there to answer and meet all our needs. Not always the way that we want or we expect, but he is there to meet all our needs. And it changes things when we pray. And sometimes it doesn't change the circumstances, but it sure changes us every single time. So, to pray. To pray together in our home. Um, I know for us, we try. Um, we just started this last year, sadly. We've been married almost 13 years. And um, just this last year, we started, we were challenged to begin to pray together um, every day as a couple. And so we try to do that, um, as well as pausing to pray with our kids challenging them to make a habit of knowing I can go to my God in heaven and I can I can talk to him that it's it's as simple as that and and learning even to pray together as as a church family you know we have people that come up here to pray but it doesn't even have to be that it could be you just feel led to go pray with somebody that's sitting out across the row from you or you need prayer and you go to someone sitting out across the row from you just the question being, do you have a pattern of prayer? A pattern of prayer that you're just going to God. His word says that we, that we never cease, never cease in our prayer. And, and I hope that for you today, that maybe you say, hey, I do pray. Great. Maybe that you make it this week that you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a point. I'm going to talk to him even while I'm doing the dishes. I'm going to talk to him while I'm in the middle of seeing my patient. I'm going to talk to him because it doesn't have to be out loud. But I'm going to make a, an even greater pattern of prayer. Or maybe for you, it's just I've never really been much to talk to him. And I challenge you to, to, to begin stopping and praying even more to pray. Yeah, and I was thinking about this. Um, first of all, is this not the coolest hot potato you've ever seen in your life? It's awesome. Um, I don't know how, like maybe 19.99 at Walmart right here. Uh, I was thinking about this when we were talking about this example and how we how we handle it a lot of times is we we are anxious about something, we're struggling with something, we are stressed about something, and we hold on to it. And for me, this was even a reminder that whenever whenever those things come into my life, you know, God's word says that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So if you're carrying right. a heavy burden, that didn't come from God. Right. God didn't give you a heavy burden because it says that his, Jesus said, the burden that I give you 
is light. And so anytime anything comes into my life that I start to feel anxious about or stressed about, I ask myself the question, you know what, is this mine to carry? Is this mine to hold? And it's almost this, it'll become this thing in your life if you really pay attention to it to where you'll start to feel a certain way about something going on in your life. And you're like, whoo, you know, and you just toss it like, whoo, I don't want to hold that. It's like That's our right. kids, when we play this with our kids, they, they just, you know, uh, they don't even catch it a lot of times like you throw it to them and they're like you know they just hit it somewhere go flying over your head and as you're trying to go get it at the musical end and they're like yeah you know it's like well if you throw it at me and i wouldn't have to you know those great family times um <laughs> but it's really this reminder that that whenever that falls into your lap and the enemy tries to give you something that's really not yours to carry you just toss it to God That's right. in prayer, and you just say, you know what, God, I'm, you, you see that I'm feeling anxious about this and stressed about this, and it's not mine to, it's not mine to take care of, it's mm -hmm. not mine to fix, it's not mine to, to handle or to hold on to, and I'm going to give it to you, amen? That's right, amen. So are you, are you praying? Here's number two, the second question today, are you playing? Come on, look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor, look at the person next to you, and tell, ask them, say, are you playing? Are you playing? In fact, say it like, you got to say it in your upper register, some of you are like, are you playing? You got to say it like, are you playing? Are you playing? Uh, one verse that I love is Proverbs 17:22. If you don't read Proverbs, I would encourage you to do that. You can. Uh, what's pretty cool about that is you can read one uh, chapter of Proverbs per day, and you could read it through an entire month, and then just continue that process. But it's really just wisdom for your life. And here's what Proverbs 17:22 says: A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul, but the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness. And depression. Anybody ever had a crushed heart? Mm. Your heart's been crushed? Yeah. What, what, I, what I love about the first part of this verse is that the scripture lets us know that having joy and being cheerful are like a healing ingredient. And we could, we could kind of think, well, if I have the joy of the Lord, then it's going to heal my soul. This says that a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both your body and soul. So this leads me to believe that there are some things that can be going on in my heart that will actually cause my physical body to not be the way that it should be. Hmm. But if, if I find joy and I find cheer, or as we're going to talk about in just a moment, laughter is a big part of that. Come on, how, when was the last time that you laughed hmm. about something? Uh, when I have those things, it's a healing ingredient for my soul, but it's also a healing ingredient for my body. Yeah. For my actual physical body. And I think we would all agree that we believe that God knows what we need. But this is something that God is telling us. I know that you need this. I know that you need joy because it's healing for your soul and your body. I know that you need things like laughter. And when was the last time that you laughed together with your spouse? With the person that you're married to? When was the last time that you just enjoyed life together? I know one of the things that we talk about frequently whenever we get away for a couple of days or uh, even when we'll when we'll have a date night together and and somebody will be watching the kids and we really enjoy the most fun that we ever have together is when we laugh together mm -hmm. so there'll be times we're driving back from somewhere and we'll be singing like <laughs> i remember this one time uh, and this is just free you know you don't have to pay for this i'm just going to share our story uh, we were driving back, and I can't remember where it was from, but we kind of went into this 90s worship, you know, sing-along thing. And we didn't have anything on the radio, but we were, like, thinking of all these songs Random. that were worship songs in the 1990s, right? You know, worship's changed a little bit since then. 
But we're singing like a lot of this Hillsong stuff or whatever, and we were just laughing. I mean, belly laughing at each other. And it's in those moments whenever we would get home or get back at life, it's like we feel refreshed. Yeah. We feel energized. We feel like we can we can handle whatever's going to come our way. We like the next each other day. more. Yes, we like each other more <laughs> when we laugh together, right? How many of you ever discovered, here's, here's a challenge for you, and then i got to move on because uh, we don't want to keep you too long. But here's a challenge for you. The next time that you and your spouse are in an argument or you're just you know frustrated with each other or whatever, just stop and say, like, when was the last time we laughed together? Yeah. Because probably the fact that you haven't had fun, you haven't laughed together, is leading you to be frustrated at each other. Yeah. But when you, when you learn to laugh together and have cheer and joy in your heart, it's healing. Yeah. It's healing for your relationships. It's healing for your body. It's healing for your soul. Uh, I even think about kids, you know, and thinking about the last time. When was the last time that you laughed with your kids? For those of us that have kids, uh, I know sometimes we have a tendency. I think as parents, us and us as well, but as parents in general, uh, we discourage. Sometimes we actually discourage laughing mm. because something will happen, and one of the kids will laugh about it, and we're like, "That ain't funny." <laughs> I don't know what you think is funny about that, but that's not funny. But what they're, they're laughing. Sometimes anybody ever been in a situation in life where all you could do was laugh? Yeah. There was nothing else you could do. You just had to laugh. And I think the reason sometimes we get to that point is because laughter, God knows that laughter is good for us. Yeah. It's good for us. And I was even thinking, when was the last time, you know, another question to ask yourself, when was the last time that you laughed with members of your church family? When was the last time that you were together with people on a Sunday or you were together with people throughout the week and you just laughed? You just had a good time together uh, with those people. And there was a, there's a book it's called Possessing Joy, A Secret to Strength and Longevity. And in this, the author tells us that studies show that children laugh around 400 times a day and adults, check this out, laugh around 15 times a day. Hmm. So we're averaging less laughter than one time per hour. That's like, you know, if there's 24 hours in a day and we're averaging 15 times of laughter in a day, we have a lot more going on in our day than, than just laughter. And we need to learn how to laugh more. We yeah. need to learn how to enjoy life more and enjoy each other more. And maybe today is the day for you to kind of let go of some of the heaviness of your circumstances and really embrace uh, what God calls or says would be a prescription uh, for your life to be joyful and to laugh. And in Romans 14, 17, I'll leave you with this and then we'll move on to question number three. Romans 14, 17, it says, In the kingdom of God, eating and drinking are not important. The important things are living right with God, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Paul tells us, and what he says here, he says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not all the things that we think are so important a lot of times. Yeah. He says here are three things that are important in the kingdom of God. It's living right with God, peace. Anybody need any peace in your life? Amen. And the third, one third of what Paul says is important in the kingdom of God is joy. Yeah. Joy. Joy. So I think we're missing out on something when we don't have joy in our lives, when we're not playing and enjoying life with our family, with our with our kids, with our spouses, even with our church family. Yeah. And I think about even the scripture that says if we'd have to have faith like a child. I wonder if one of the reasons why children have faith like we tend to not have as adults because they're laughing a little bit more. Because as he talked about, as Gabriel mentioned, that they're cleaning out the pipes and allowing themselves to kind of laugh off some some hard stuff to to laugh through um, 
I mean, even when I may want to just be angry, choosing to laugh anyways. And so that would be my challenge for you today is, is pausing and saying, you know what, I'm going to laugh. Um, when something funny happens, I'm going to laugh a little bit longer. When something hard happens, I'm going to laugh it off. Um, because I know that uh, something happened this last week and it kind of caught me off guard. And, um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on him for a minute. He had, um, I didn't even know we were having company. And, like, within 30 minutes, I was like, hey, so what's the plan? And he was like, oh, they're coming over at 530. And I'm like, <laughs> literally, which I can't honestly say it was laughter to try to fill my soul or anything. But just choosing to laugh anyways, because it just, it changes us. You can't, can't stay mad. I mean, there have been times where he's purposely tried to make me laugh. I can't stay mad when I start laughing. You just can't. Um, even with our kids, you know, like trying to get them in trouble and, and they do something hilarious and, and you're just trying not to laugh. Our youngest is 18 months and, and we're in the phase where if things don't go our way, we're slapping about everything. And she did something the other day. Not her us, her. <laughs> the 18-month-old. Yeah, the 18-month-old <laughs> is slapping us, which isn't funny at all. But um, so we're kind of going through this thing. And she did, like, she hit at me and said something in which we could not understand. And our 10-year-old proceeded to just laugh hysterically. And I'm trying really hard to stay serious so that my one-year-old knows I'm not messing around. Don't hit me. And, um, it's, but it's seriously, it's just learning to laugh, learning to laugh a little bit more. Um, it just, I, I know sometimes there's serious moments and you may say, well, life's been full of serious. It's, it's just the reality of it, but we can find moments. We can look for moments to laugh about. So to laugh. Number three is, are you pausing? Are you pausing? Matthew 6, the New Living Translation says, seek the kingdom God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. The word seek means to prioritize. So I'm going to take that verse again and say it this way. Prioritize the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. When we prioritize God and our time with him, he gives us everything we need. I was reminded of, it was a month or two ago that... Um, I went and I just picked up my phone, which I do often, way too often. And, you know, it's got all these texts, but it was like when I picked it up, it was like Holy Spirit said, what if you let me update you the way you let your phone update you? What if you stayed as connected to me as you stay connected to that? Between my Fitbit that will send through and show me text messages or whatever, tell me the time, what if we began to, to pick up the word his word as often as we pick up this. You know, I, I like social media. I can stay updated with friends that I don't see often and, and even friends that I don't see even in my life right now as much um, here in Paris. But the reality is, is even with that, what if we let God update us the way we viewed other people's updates on Facebook? You know, I just, I think that it's one of those things, technology is a good, I mean, it's a good source, but I think it's a source that becomes such a distraction sometimes that I'm going to this to view the text of the words that people have to give, and God's like, hey, I've got some words I'd love to give you too. If you'll put it down and pick up my word, if you'll put it down and pause to hear me, even if it's through a worship song that you just say, God, speak to me, 
I believe that, that God has so much more to say to us individually, each and every one of us, than we even hear because we're too busy running and not pausing. I believe that we're not the only ones, even though we may come up here and have a word to share with you, God wants to speak to you just as he speaks to us. And myself included, I just get too busy running and not pausing. And, you know, many times we'll say, we'll do this to one another now, is saying, hey, have you paused to spend time with him? Because sometimes I get it, stuff happens, and we try to every morning, but then sometimes something will happen and catch us, and we're, we're automatically running, and we're making a point in the middle of the day, end of the day, no, we've got to pause and spend time with him. Because many times we find ourselves saying, I just didn't have time today. We don't have time not to. Because we need him to lead us, to show us how to be the, the nurse that we are, how to be the mother, how to be the father, how to be the coworker, how to be whatever you are. We need him to lead us. I challenge you this week to grab yourself a journal, grab yourself a notebook, sit down, take the word, read one verse even, put on a worship song, whatever, and say, God, speak to me. I'm listening. I'm listening. He did that with Samuel. Samuel said, speak, your servant is listening. And I believe that if we'll pause to do that, we will be amazed at all the things that God will speak. The things you've been searching for answers for that he gives. Maybe and not the way that you want or that we expect, but he will speak. He will show up. He will meet your needs if you will just pause and allow him to. That's good. Uh, I want to go ahead and bring the worship team back up as we get into the fourth point or the fourth question. And it's this here. So we've talked about praying and playing and pausing. Here's the fourth question to ask yourself. Are you participating? Are you participating? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I want to read this really quickly. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart and don't try to figure out everything on your own. Anybody struggle with that? <laughs> Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Yeah. And I want to read. We found this. Um, I can't remember if it was a book or a or a uh, a devotional that we were doing, but I want to read it. Just how it says it. It says, "Living by faith doesn't mean sitting idle, watching life go by. Yes, waiting can be necessary at times." But even that requires faith to trust God with what's not in your control. And if he's called you to do something, I want to encourage you to take that step today. Yeah. Faith isn't passive. It's active and calls for our, our actions to be in accordance with God's word. Uh, we believe in one of the things that we are, are trying to uh, impart into our kids is that when you're a part of the family, you participate. One of the ways that we do that is just a simple way that we try to do that, and, and she does a lot better job of this than I do, but she'll call the kids in there in the evening time or something, and she'll say, hey, you guys come in here, and you need to unload this dishwasher and put all the dishes up, you know? And then you've got the, you know, the traditional like, oh, we got to unload the dishwasher, and why do we have to do it again, and oh, and it's like, really, it's going to take you like five minutes to unload the dishwasher, but what we're, what we're telling them and what she'll say a lot of times is you're a member of this family and so we're a team and we all play our part yeah we're a team and there's something for me to do and there's something for you to do and we all help each other yeah 
we help each other. Another thing that, that she's really good about doing is having the kids, they'll put up their own clothes. So when the clothes are, are clean and dried and folded, you know, all of that stuff, they'll come in there and they'll get their stack of clothes and take it in there. Now, you know, there are some times where we have to, to say, you know, did you put them up? Did you leave them folded when you put them up in your drawer, right? You know, because that's sometimes a challenge. But it's this idea that everybody participates. Yeah. That everybody participates. That we're we're a team. We're a family. We're 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 this unit together. And I want to encourage you with that today to really ask yourself: Am I participating in your marriage? Are you participating? Good. It's a big deal. With Good. your kids and parenting and and family time, are you participating? Are you participating? It's so easy sometimes to to be trying to fin- spend time with your family and and you're still answering stuff on your phone. You're still responding to an email. You're still checking, you know, your phone buzzed three times while you were sitting there playing that game. And so you're just dying to check it. But are you participating in that time? Are you, you know, with your church family? We believe everybody has a part to play. That's right. God has gifted every person in here with, with something, the ability to do something that is their purpose and their design. And God wants you to use that thing to be a part of the family. Yeah. And so are you, are you participating? We, we say this phrase a lot around here that we're not called to just be consumers, but we're called to be contributors. That's right. We're not called to just consume all the time. There comes a point in time where it's time to contribute to something. And uh, what if instead of just seeing a problem, we decided to be a solution? That's good. What would happen if instead of just seeing a problem, we decided to be a solution? And we had jotted this down, and then last night we were talking through some of this and reading over it. And this, this question and this thought just came to me, and I put it in here because I felt like I was supposed to share it with you today and I shared it with her last night and I thought wow you know that's so that is such a powerful thing but it's this idea has anybody ever seen a problem before that nobody else saw you ever notice something that it seemed like nobody else like I don't know why you don't notice this I don't know why you don't see this I don't know why why you know like I see this going on what if let me submit this to you what if what if God allows you to see a problem not so that you can just see the problem. Not so that you can just realize there's a problem. Not so you can just talk about a problem. But what if God shows you the problem because he wants you to be the solution to the problem? Good. What if the reason why somebody else didn't see it is because God showed it to you so that you could be the solution? God said, I, there's something on the inside of you where you can be the solution to this problem. And so instead of just seeing the problem, what if we decided whenever God shows me something, I'm going to decide that I want to be the solution. Yeah. I want to be the solution. When there's something that's not 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 there, I want to be the solution. When there's something, when, when there's a place that needs to be served in, I want to be the solution. I see a problem and I want to be the solution. I want to be the solution in my marriage when I see that there's a problem. I want to be the solution with parenting my kids whenever I see that, oh, you know, their behavior is not what we want it to be. Not that I just want to see the problem, but maybe God's showing me the problem because I'm called to be the solution. Amen. I think sometimes we're waiting for somebody else to be the solution. I saw the problem. Now you fix it. I saw the problem. The problem is you're not treating me right. 
as my wife, and so you need to fix the problem. What if God's showing you the problem because you're meant to be the solution? And the reason that they don't see it is because God wants you to be the solution. When you see your spouse struggling, be a solution and pray for them. Or when you see, you know, a struggle in your child, be a solution and have a conversation with them. Show them that you're there for them. Or when you see a problem, you know, even in the world in general, there's so many things that are going on. When you see a problem, find out how you can be the solution. How you can be the solution. Amen. And I think in the, you know, it's funny because in the South, we're so good about saying bless their heart, but not really doing something to bless their heart. And I believe that as, as sons and daughters of God, that he has given us hands and feet so that we can use them, use them to truly bless people's hearts. That when someone, you know, be it someone, a friend that you see, or maybe not even a friend that that just seems to have a lot on their plate that you offer to take something off their plate and help. You know, whether it be that you see a, a marriage that's struggling, and, and I'm not saying go get up in their business and, and try to find out all the details or be the counselor, but you're, you're willing to go sit down and cry with them and sit with them. I know for me, in our life, when we've ran into things, when, when I felt overloaded, when we've hit hard, it was it was just the simplicity of people coming and sitting with me. They were a solution in a moment. It, it was it was the simple things of, of bringing a coffee when I've been up all night with my babies. But it was a solution. You know, we talked about how these points, they're so simple, but I believe they're so big. That if we would begin to put them into action in our lives, not only would our families be changed, not only would our church be changed, our community, this world would be changed. You guys were part of a solution yesterday. The fact that you have given at any point in this church, you helped provide backpacks for kids yesterday. Yeah, we had sponsors. But man, it was like four weeks ago and we found out that they, the people that were doing it before, they weren't going to be able to do it anymore. And I just told Gabriel, I looked at him and I said, I think we're supposed to do this. When God called us to plant impact before we even started this church, one of the biggest things that we felt in calling an impact was so that we would live the name. if we would apply these four simple things I truly believe you will make an impact in your marriage you will make an impact in your kids you will make an impact in this church you will make an impact in this community choose to be the solution today We just want to pray for you as we're standing all across the room. We're going to sing a song here in just a moment and, and worship and and uh, have, a, have a moment for prayer. In fact, if the prayer team wants to go ahead and come down, you guys can go ahead and come down. We always like to provide opportunity for those that are needing prayer for anything in their life. But we want to pray over you that God would show you what it is that you need to do with what you've heard today. 
because I think we're all going to find ourselves in different different places or that one stuck out more. Maybe there was just one line, one thing that was said that is your take home for today that you need to begin to do or work on or or that God wants you to 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 be the solution or whatever that thing is. And so we're going to pray for you and then we're going to sing one final song together today. But let's just believe God and just open your hearts to whatever God wants to speak to you right now in this moment whatever it is that he's calling you to do in this moment. So God, we thank you today. Thank you today for your word. Thank you for challenging us and encouraging us to pray and to have fun and to laugh and to be an encouragement, to be the solution, to participate, to take time every day to pause and be with you, spend time with you so that you can, you can put in us what you want to, to, to come out of us. So God, I pray for every person that's here today that you would speak to us individually to know what to do with what we've heard. And Holy Spirit, I pray as we sing this last song that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.